with respect to count one, malice murder, the court will impose a sentence of life with the possibility of parole. With respect to count two, felony murder, that will merge into count one and is dismissed as a matter of law. With respect to count three, aggravated assault, that merges into counts one and two. With respect to count four, felony murder, that merges into count one and it is dismissed as a matter of law. With respect to count five, the false imprisonment uh, verdict, the court imposes a sentence of eight years consecutive. With respect to count six, possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, the court imposes a sentence of five years that will run consecutive uh, to the underlying sentence. Count seven and eight will merge into count six. So the court's total sentence is life with the possibility of parole plus eight years consecutive on the false imprisonment and five years consecutive on the possession of firearm during the commission of a felony. And that is the court sentence. A Clayton County, Georgia judge delivers the life it delivers the life with the possibility of parole to Hannah Haynes, the woman who chased down and killed 67-year-old Kenneth Herring after a hit-and-run accident in 2019. Prosecutors say Herring hit another car and drove off. Uh, Payne followed, followed Herring, confronted him, and shot him, ignoring the repeated orders from a, a 911 operator not to pursue him. Defense attorneys say she was told to get his license plate number, so she followed him. They argued that he shot himself during a struggle with the gun. The jury found Payne guilty of all counts of malice, uh, of malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. I want to go to uh, my panel on this, and uh, I want to go to uh, Attorney McCoy uh, first, Attorney Jesse Hamilton McCoy. Uh, so uh, give us a, a legal analysis of this uh, uh, conviction in this case, please. Sure. Well, uh, malice murder was a term that was a little bit different from the, the categories of murder that I learned, but essentially it comes out to being the equivalent of a second-degree murder charge. Uh, and so she was found guilty of second-degree murder, uh, in a sense, and given life uh, with the possibility of parole. But the words that you never want to hear in criminal court are consecutive. And that's what we hear with the eight-year sentence and the five-year sentence. Consecutive means that they're going to be stacked. So if she were to qualify for parole, there will then be 13 years that she will have to serve uh, for those other two uh, charges. I think it was false imprisonment and the possession of the firearm charge. Um, and so this was, for her, a very bad day before the family uh, of, of Ms. Heron, probably a very good day, uh, because they have been seeking justice. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the case, uh, a lot of people have commented about how the case didn't really make sense. It sounds like 
everybody gave her ample warning to not approach this person, to not try to have a confrontation. And despite all of the warnings, she decided to take the law into her own hands. And this is the result that happens when people do that. Absolutely. Um, you know, Avis, uh, when the 911 operator said, um, just get the license plate number, and apparently, uh, as evidence proved in this case, uh, Hannah Haynes uh, followed uh, Kenneth Herring and then apparently shot him. This kind of reminds me of George Zimmerman. When I was the, the same thing. When, 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 when the uh, 911 operator told Zimmerman, told Zimmerman, we don't need you to do that, and Zimmerman said he was following Trayvon Martin. Give us, give us your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. This is several years later, but it's a very, very similar scenario to what happened to Trayvon Martin. And at the root of both of those is this um, belief in this country that uh, white people or people who at least identify as white in the George Zimmerman case um, uh, believe that they have dominion over black bodies. They believe that they don't have to hold themselves back in any way. They believe that people are, they, they can order people around and tell them to stop and get in there literally in their personal space. Uh, and wreak violence on them and, not, and nothing will happen. Unfortunately, a lot of times that's true. Nothing will happen to them. Um, but thankfully this time, uh, the, 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 the pendulum of justice moved in a different direction than what we saw with George Zimmerman and so many other examples. The other example that real quickly that comes to mind is just we're seeing a whole lot of white women in particular act out uh, in recent years that we're terming, terming as Karens, uh, being very violent, being very aggressive. We're seeing that a lot. And, and the, the difference here is that she had a firearm with her. And this yes. is another reason why um, everybody don't need to be going around with firearms, because people who cannot control their actions and people who have a sense of entitlement and believe that they have the right to wreak violence, particularly on black bodies without consequences, um, will act out in this manner. Unfortunately, a man's life is lost and can never be returned. But I, it's wonderful, at least, that his family is able to have justice, something that's been denied so many others. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is really a tragedy um, over, you know, he didn't have to die over this. Um, get his license plate number, turn it over to the authorities. Don't take uh, the law into your own hands. But, but, but Attorney McCoy, um, oftentimes uh, African-Americans are blamed for their own deaths in uh, situations like this. I remember a uh, article from HuffingtonPost.com I use sometimes in lectures that I do, which talked about how uh, white victims, uh, how uh, white uh, suspects are treated better than black victims, okay? And it dealt with nationwide uh, news stories of how African-Americans who were the victim of violent crimes were often blamed for what happened to them. Here, uh, according to the article from WSBTV.com, um, the defense argued that uh, Kenneth Herring uh, shot himself during a struggle with the gun. Talk... Uh, Talk a little bit about this uh, phenomenon of African-Americans who end up dead in situations like this being blamed for their own death. So this is very interesting only because, you know, there was video footage that was also introduced to show that she was the one who made the approach 
to the vehicle with her firearm. And yes, the defense's argument was that there was a struggle over the firearm and that somehow Mr. Herring uh, ended up shooting himself. Uh, there was also some forensics that were uh, a forensic expert that testified as to the double latch that would need that would require two hands in order to release and kind of uh, kind of died down some of the the uh, argument that defense was trying to make. But I, I think you're right. I think it's common that people are used to a system that is going to envelope whiteness in the sense to allow whiteness to have you know either through tears or through just, you know, an, a, a tacit understanding, um, an ability to escape accountability for the actions and criminality that they engage in, particularly against the Black community. And I'm just uh, happy that in this case it didn't work out. I also think it's very ironic that the person who was giving her the time was also an African-American judge, which I think also explains some of the importance of uh, people being involved in the system. Absolutely, because judges are either voted into office or they're appointed by governors or they're appointed by presidents, uh, like federal judges, and then confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Uh, very quickly, before we go to break, Attorney McCoy, you mentioned the term double latch. Can you talk to us, explain briefly to us, maybe 30 seconds to a minute, what that is, double latch? So my understanding is that there was a double safety system on the firearm itself, and that in okay. order to release the two safety systems so that the firearm could dislodge, you would need two hands to do it. Okay. All right. Thank you for that uh, clarification. Roland Martin Unfiltered will be right back here on the Black Star Network. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep from the African History Network. Our Black Empowerment Friday weekend sale is on right now. We have a fantastic promotion for you. Get our bundle pack of two online history courses that I teach, as well as my 15 lecture downloadable bundle, African History Awakens the African Mind from Mental Death. These are both from me, Michael M. Hotep. They're on sale right now for only $100. That's 76% off. My first online history class is Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Kemet is one of the original names for Egypt. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles. There's about 100 articles that we cover in the class. Over 200 slides that I put together as well. The, and there are also video clips, including excerpts of interviews I've done with some of our historians and scholars, as well as Renoka Rashidi, Professor James Small, Anthony Browder, Professor Kabahiawafa Kamane, and Dr. David M. Hotel. In the second class that I teach, it's called Black Resistance Movements from the Haitian Revolution, the U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, 1800 to 1968. And we dig in deep and look at history chronologically from 1800 to 1968 and look at what leads to the Civil War taking place. We study the Jim Crow era, the Reconstruction era, 1865 to 1877, World War I, World War II, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, and the Great Migration, 1915 and 1970 to understand what happened to us after slavery ended, what were the laws and policies put in place to put us where we are today to understand where we need to go from here. I created both of these classes, created the curriculum, chose the content as well. This sale ends Sunday, December 31st, 2023. 
visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You'll see the promotion at the top of the page. As soon as you register, you can start watching the content. You can join us for our next online class live Saturday, December 2nd, 2023, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch all of these classes on demand. And even after the course is over with, you don't lose access. Register right now. Order right now. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. This sale ends Sunday, December 31st, 2023. Uh, also, if you'd like to stop for information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, right now, it's correct, wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.